How's it, everybody? Welcome to the interview segment of today's show. And I've got a very special guest with us here today, Adam Decatur, who serves as the CEO of NFT Tech. And he's in a, had an amazing career already, very involved in uh, branding and content and entertainment, all the way from you know starting off at uh, Warner Brothers, uh, where he focused on global licensing agreements, uh, including the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, and then, you know, joining blockchain, decentralized metaverse like Decentraland, looking at how to uh, create partnerships at Decentraland as the head of partnerships. He was also the founder of Run It Wild, an award-winning NFT studio. And we're going to talk about some of those awards that has now been acquired by NFT Tech. And he's just an all-round Web3 strategist uh, and adopter and expert. And we're so lucky to have him on the show. So let me give a big round of applause for Adam Decatur. Thanks for joining us, Adam, on the Non-Fungibles. Um, I always feel like those type of introductions make my um, my ego increases by the second that I hear you speak, Mick. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's been a journey, definitely. And, um, yeah, it's good to be here and talk a little bit about Web3. It's actually, you know, it's quite interesting, but it's amazing what you've done. You know, when you hear it uh, just in, in a few minutes, it's taking years of time, just wrapping it up in a, in a short space of time. Do you want to tell us about how you started and some, you know, how you got into this from Warner Brothers all the way to today? My background is relatively diverse, but sort of stems from one moment in time where I was working at Warner Brothers in the consumer products division out of Australia. And I remember seeing like um, this, uh, there was a Superman movie that was released by DC Comics and, you know, like it was, um, a movie that probably didn't meet expectations by most fans. Um, but at the same time, the S shield still, you know, incorporated so many different ethoses, like, like the core of it as a fan, you know, like the S shield, you know, sort of symbolized empowerment. Um, and, you know, no matter if you had a poor film release, there was this multifaceted approach around the IP itself where people could still fall in love with, um, the comics or they could still fall in love with other tv shows that you know sort of highlighted superman or you know how it meant to them in their lives and my time at warner brothers it was it was interesting um i, I started as an intern I was, I was still at um college or university and um i paused my final year and went part-time so that i could um continue to extend what was then a free internship I ended up spending a few years at Warner Brothers um, before going out on my own. Um, and I looked at um, you know, management consulting around entertainment IP and how that would enter the digital realm. That was probably at the start of 2012. And, you know, like I was working across music and entertainment IP. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just full on. So it took about three or four months for me to um, sort of ease into that break. Yeah, I was trying to find something that just wasn't what I was doing for the past decade. Um, and, you know, I'd been far from a day trader in crypto, but um, fortunate enough that a lot of my friends were pretty tech heavy uh, in their lives. Um, and we were messing around with Bitcoin when it was like 30, 30 to 40 US dollars. And, um, that's probably a story for another day. But, you know, like I think at that point in time, I'd seen a few things with Ethereum and just was intrigued about a smart contract. Couldn't find a lot about it um, and just use that time that I had um, to learn Solidity, um, the basics of it at least, to then start to have my penny drop moments, which at the start were almost like hourly 
um, then daily coming into 2020. And, you know, now it's, uh, you know, still weekly, uh, you know, like we're all evolving, we're all learning in real time. It's pretty awesome. Um, the, the moment I sort of started to see how digital collectibles and IP would come together, it was like in August when I finally saw NBA Top Shots do something um, in 2020. And that was a really cool moment. I remember it like I was like, okay, this is something that is very digital. It's um, it only exists because of the blockchain. The level of scarcity is there, but there's got to be more to it. Decentraland came pretty much soon after that. Like I started speaking to them from October, November. It was just an interesting project that I could start to see how brands could interact in this digital realm, um, and you know, in the most romantic form of it. It was the perfect onboarding tool for anyone to get into Web3. They could, you know, if you're a fan of a particular musician and you wanted to go see that uh, artist perform and you needed and required an NFT, that gated experience was just that perfect thing or collecting that digital wearable. It's just from there. It's well, sort of tell, us, tell us about effective. some of the partnerships. What are some of the partnerships at Decentraland? What are some of the, the, the projects you're involved in there? Yeah, I, I think the first one was Sotheby's um, and then Coca-Cola oh, came shortly after that. Yeah, it was crazy to see. So everyone here, Sotheby's did $24 million on Board Ape Yard Clubs and a few million, $2 million on the Board Ape Kennel Club. Is that, is that the one you did? Even before that. So they, they launched their virtual um, experience. I remember you know, at the time with Michael and the team from Sotheby's, you know, kudos to them because they were, they were willing to sort of take that uh, leap of faith into what may be NFTs and, you know, crypto art, I think it was called back then, but um yeah they came they were talking about a few things and we worked out ways that they could sort of enter the space and the initial sort of um brief that they were really wanting to lean in on was here's this bond street gallery based in the uk you know we're a 250 year old auction house here's the floor plans like make it as it was or as it is um right down to the scale and we're like, okay, but you can push things in a virtual environment, you know, that you're not bound by engineering reports. That was a really amazing moment because we'd been speaking, I'd been speaking to them about how they could explore the escapism of Web3 and, uh, you know, IP like Board Ape. Um, and, you know, like they should really like enter with no boundaries. And before you knew it, you had this really, um, you know, floor plan one-to-one -one scale building that they didn't want to move on and then you know the apes took over and you walked in and there was a swamp you know and so it was oh, really cool to sort of see it. yeah yeah so to see to see a brand like um um you know evolve and learn in real time over a couple of months about how they could push their brand how they could connect to a current audience or crypto natives um was really really cool to see yeah, the same for even coca-cola like it was crazy at the time. Like most, I had a front row seat to any brand that was entering the space. Um, and, you know, like I don't take that for granted. It was, it was really cool and interesting to see all walks of life from any IP come in and want to just understand what an NFT was, what it may mean for their business and how Decentraland could fill that, um, that opportunity for them. And, you know, like it, it was really, really cool to be able to push the boundaries with something like that for Friendship Day where people, you know, like to commemorate their first NFT sale that was on OpenSea, you sort of walked into this oversized Coke can that was like four floors high and you entered through the bottom, 
um, made your way to the top by swimming through the can. And um, then on the top, there was a, a rooftop like party and, you know, like oh, wow. people could collect with their t-shirts and, you know, it was a really cool moment to see how we could connect with an IP that made people feel the way that they do about that brand um, in a virtual environment and started to expand people's minds to how you could actually push the boundaries of, it was a perfect case study to push boundaries of what it looks like in a virtual environment or how your brand could be represented and how it can connect. So cool, man. And I also uh, like you carried on that theme with the Australian Open. You made it like a tennis ball. Yeah, there was, tennis, I think yeah. you can go really crazy with this sort of stuff. Like one of my favorite, um, they call them wearables or, you know, like digital garments was a, a lot of people, you know, in, in our physical realm, there's there's different statuses to different brands. Um, you know, what connects with someone may not connect with someone else, but um, you know, you've got luxury items that some people really connect with, and others that you know connect with something that's more indie or unique, um, you know, one of a kind item. Here, you know, like in the virtual environment, I remember seeing that there was like a cockroach. You could you could become a cockroach, which was the smallest character that you could was at the time approved i don't think it will be approved again because you can like do lots of things that another avatar couldn't do like imagine walking around with an oversized tennis ball that's wrapped around your body it's it brings a smile to my face every time i think of <laughs> think of that costume yeah. itself but you know to the point of that was a really cool blend you know like that project there you know run it wild as a studio um developed the nfts um which is where the award-winning status came from. We won a bronze lion for uh, Cannes Festival um, for that project wow. itself, which was like connecting real-time data to, um, you know, the blockchain itself, um, which is really cool. So there was like 6,776 tiles on a court and every match-winning point, we could register the last legal bounce in the court that um, then would update um, NFTs, particular NFTs in, in real-time. So, um, yeah, the, the next project, the next... Um, installment of that project launches in December, really uh, looking forward to how that's evolved and what that means to the um, the end holder as well. But um, the virtual environment had like um, a Rod Laver arena, which is the, the main tennis court there and, you know, other sort of games um, that you could do treasure hunts with. And, you know, I think there's just some really cool elements. We had like live broadcast streams coming through. So it was this blend between the physical realm and the digital realm and how it pushed it. And um, for the 14 days that it was there, everyone was winning and, uh, you know, experiencing different things, winning different wearables or um, experiencing virtual environment performances and other things. So it was a jam-packed two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, it's pretty amazing to think about how much actually goes into building an experience like that. I mean, how long were you working on so the Australian Open project, uh, as an example, how long did it take to, from you know, uh, initial meeting with the team to uh, launching it live to the public? Um, look, I'm not meant to quote, only because it will, um, you know, it makes sense. So, so basically, that project there we signed off in October of that year, and it was released in January. Um, so it took a team of three. 300 Spartans to, to make that happen and no Christmas and no year. So I wouldn't, um, I think, you know, when you know you're onto something, you, especially with the Apple series, like I'm, the team really, really connected. We knew what was out there and we couldn't move the date of the Grand Slam start date. So that always helps push things along. But um, 
needless to say, there were a lot of hours that were put into that. And, you know, we put up a small miracle to make it all happen. And, you know, to see it win the award is probably the recognition that I'd love to see with the team, you know, like, um, because a lot of effort and time had gone into it all. And, you know, a new precedent and how people could see digital collectibles, which weren't just cartoon characters. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, like something that my mum could tap me on the shoulder and really understand why we're using blockchain technology. This time around, we've had a bit more time to build the second part of it. So grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. We look forward to seeing it again uh, as it launches for the next uh, Grand Slam. Um, and then let, let's move on to a bit of some of the stuff that you're doing now. Uh, I know you're doing some incredible work with Elvis, bringing Elvis back to life. Uh, if you want to share a bit about that project and some of the other uh, cool projects that you're doing with NFT Tech as sort of this yes. new, um, this new Web3 company that, you, that you're running. So, so we work on a, a we still, we're still building out how best these sprints work, but you know, like we have a discovery um, sprint and then an ideology sprint, which basically allows us to um, work super well in terms of an integrated team about how, you know, uh, blockchain, crypto, NFTs um, play a part in these businesses that approach us. Um, and then, you know, from that, we're also pulling in a whole heap of detail about, you know, their audience and how to inspire that audience to then be onboarded. In general, you know, we're, 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 we're a group that wants to bring in the next 10,000, 100,000 million plus into the space with purposeful projects. So with Elvis, it was about finding out, you know, what the challenge currently was um, and what blockchain could do to help make these things better. Um, and, you know, there's decades of fans with Elvis and, and the one consistent theme we, we continue to hear was that they're all super passionate about um, the protection of the IP, um, but no one could truly make an executive decision on this, um, which then screamed out doubt to us. Like, you know, there's lots of different individuals that are wanting to do different things, um, crowdfunding for buying the, you know, private collections of memorabilia and bringing it back into the public domain or finding intellectual property that they could then, you know, secure the rights to the content that had never been seen before. And um, yeah, this project here brings it all together um, and, you know, enables people to have a vote and um, use a treasury wallet for funds. Um, there's some, you know, we, we're pretty deep on our Web3 fundamentals. Um, so maybe to the Elvis fan, they won't really care. But to us, we really think it's pretty cool that it's fully on-chained. For us, over the last few years of developing and building smart contracts, we've recognized that um, there's a real beauty in the art of doing something fully on-chain that doesn't leverage a, a, like a server, like an IPFS. Um, and, you know, like this Elvis um, NFT is built fully on chain so um it's it's based on the 1968 comeback special you might recognize it with the the light bulbs mick um and you know at the time that was like elvis's first path into his own creative control so it kind of symbolized something really important to us about then okay well this should be his first nft um collection which is sort of this founding group these founding members of what we call the legacy council so let me, I mean, that sounds really exciting. So, so you're building it on Ethereum. You're not using a layer two solution or something like that. It's going to be on ETH, the, the Elvis on NFTs. And then secondly, yeah, on ETH. Uh, secondly, I mean, I've heard you talk about digital collectibles. Uh, will the user know they're NFTs? Or are you, are you doing like a similar sort of 
uh, communication like Reddit did now, where they didn't call them NFTs for the Reddit avatars, and they onboarded three million people, uh, you know, on, into their Reddit platform, uh, into blockchain, you know, purchasing these NFTs where they didn't actually realize uh, they were purchasing NFTs. They just called them digital collectibles. Believe it or not, um, there there is mentions of it in the light paper, but the front facing okay. is all around the purpose of it. So it doesn't need to include NFTs and it doesn't, um, you know, in terms of the forward facing part, that's why even the on-chain sort of stuff doesn't really, it, it features in a light paper, but um, to the naked eye, you're not, you're not going to know anything other than the fact that you need a digital wallet to be able to, to buy it. But we're doing a full white glove service where any Elvis fan can learn how to set up a wallet. Um, there's a there's an Elvis Academy, um, so it's all around security. Um, we do this with all our projects. Um, you know, we've partnered with um, great companies like Collective Shift, and we're looking at others and we're exploring how best we can do these things so that we can do justice to onboarding. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed over the last few years is that um, NFTs is an amazing onboarding tool to just crypto in general. You know, like once someone has bought into a project that they see purpose with, they can start to explore what crypto like is like and, you know, that allows them to sort of engage in a way and we want to enable them to have the tools there that some of us didn't have um, and, you know, maybe had to you know, have had to learn the hard way. Um, but I do also feel that there's a true character building exercise going through a rug pull or um, a security infringement of some sort um, with your wallet. The way that a contract's optimised, um, how it's randomly associated to a token ID, they're all things that really should be taken in principle and no one needs to know that, but you should follow them as a benchmark. Um, you know, we use Chainlink. Um, we've used that for, you know, the last year and year and a bit on different projects that we work with, which randomly verify everything. So there's no human fingerprint. There's no way we could have associated a tile with a particular, you know, unique art ball. Um, and, you know, I think that that's there's some beauty there, there's definitely beauty in it but i think in time they're the things that will really matter you know like um, as long as there's provenance and as long as the smart contract on whatever blockchain exists that's the point of the digital ownership so um yeah we're we're big into ethereum um you know we're fans of layer two um you know like polygon and, and immutable has its own benefits if you're in a gaming yeah no it's really exciting i think um you know what are, like the whole the whole industry literally shifts every couple of months you know with a different sort of strategy you know it was only web 3 only and now then it became how do we onboard the web 2 users then it became web two and a half now it's yeah. you know layer twos of you know becoming the the new uh, narrative and now we even talk about layer three as the next uh, big thing that's coming so you know, what's exciting you in the next couple of months? Say from October till December, what, what are you excited about? Because after that, we don't know where it's going to go. I usually get a question about like, what, what, what do you see it in five years? And I sort of throw up my hands and, and walk out because it, <laughs> who knows? But um, I, look, I, I think, you know, building in real time, it can be daunting. You know, that could be in a virtual environment um, or it could be in the, um, you know, what you're doing today within an NFT strategy. I think at this point in time, you know, like we continue to like, want to be, we want to be inspired by what we see. I think we're a bit far off in the next three months from VR, but um, from what I've seen and what I've tested, um, it's definitely a really cool bridge. It just, um, the products themselves are just not as efficient um, cost-wise and, you know, like, 
probably um, aesthetics to to make it um, something that could be um, you know a macro product of sorts like a smartphone. Um, but yeah, I think we're we're developing a few really cool things um, around you know um, augmented reality and how token gated apps can sort of amplify an experience um, through a project of ours. Um, I know that there's lots of, I, I didn't know, no, it's through the browser. So okay. screw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I think, I think, you know, there's, there's, we've got, we somehow we ended up with a lot of sports projects. We've got luxury in there as well. And, um, you know, with Kelly Wurstler, she's an amazing, amazing interior designer. I think, I think you know what we're looking at is you know, like in the next three months i think you know it'll be you know, evolving developing you know projects that were originally 2d into more 3d um experiences um, and amplifying those experiences that we're already seeing web 2 you know like um but token gating them and um using the blockchain to be able to verify certain things like attributes that then can change your ui because of those things uh um yeah, I expect more of that. I think Artifact just recently launched um, their latest um, NFT with, um, you know, and they had an on, on cyber experience where you needed to walk through the virtual environment and mint um, through the virtual environment. So that escapism, yeah, we've been building something for like 12 months. <laughs> you can walk through these environments and every step that you take, every action that you do um, can create your own unique NFT in the end. And that's what something we've been building out. Um, it's Amazing. Been a bit alpha for you but that will probably be in march would be that's a 12-month project that we've been building but you know i think more of those sort of activities that are engaging to the user yeah the technology will continue to evolve but the experiences can be better and uh, you know i'd like to see more of those awesome awesome well i think it's yeah i mean everything uh is adapting so quickly that we're going to probably be having a conversation next year and it'll be totally different but um i hope so yeah and, and um, I'm also quite bullish on ETH, on ETH. so uh, I'm quite excited to see what's what's that you're still you know minting on ETH. Uh, we've got a launch yeah. of the Munda Tribe also coming up on the 28th of November, um, which will be our first mint of our first tribe in Africa Rare Ubuntu land. So that's going to be quite exciting. We're also doing it on ETH. Um, you know, I think I'm also quite a big ETH fan. And then, like, just to finish off, where can we find you? Where can people reach you? How do how do people connect? Yeah, you can hit me up on um, LinkedIn. It's more of a Web2 thing, but um, at least it helps me filter through um, who's talking to me. Um, but um, you can also follow at Run It Wild. Um, we don't post. Um, we just um, unlook, but I'll follow you back on that. And then at NFT Tech is the um, parent company. Um, you can follow uh, at NFT Tech and, and DM us on there as well. Um, but yeah, like LinkedIn's probably one of the easiest for me to be able to connect back to. I know that you and I were able to talk on that and then go to Telegram afterwards because it gives me a bit of anxiety going to Telegram. But you know, I, I think at this point, <laughs> um, LinkedIn's probably the best way to sort of contact me and I can connect you with the rest of the team. But I'm glad to hear that you ended up doing it in Ethereum. There's been so many different discussions with different brands, um, obvious, with the obvious challenges around the eco side of it, um, even though we were talking about how that would play into the merge by you know being a foundation um, that's a non-for-profit um, but we you know made that primary sale and the secondary um, cover 
be covered by you know carbon credits and the Elvis project. Um, we ended up oh, wow. buying, yeah, we worked with Curist and we ended up buying like 10,000 trees in a forest in um, Sweden to that was named the Elvis Forest as part of the project. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, so there's lots of different things that we look at and explore in terms of risk management, but I don't think you need to do that now, um, considering where ETH is at. So thanks yeah. so much, Adam. That was a lot of fun, man. Enjoy Dubai, Thanks, and uh, we'll catch up soon. See you on the other side.